The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Welcome to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. Our goal here at Healthy Lifestyle is to inspire, educate, and empower you to fulfill a healthy, emotional, spiritual, and physical life so you can feel empowered to live the life you have always wanted and dreamed. We love to have you dip your toe in on different modalities and understand what's really going on out there, some of the things you will never have been exposed to before, and maybe today is one of those days. So welcome to the show. I hope you're having a great day. I'm excited about our guest today. And on Healthy Lifestyle, we're going to give you some verbal caffeine to light you up with possibilities. So today on our show, we have Dr. David Grant. He's an internationally recognized developer of a trauma healing psychotherapy called Brain Spotting. He's the author of Brain Spotting, the revolutionary new therapy for rapid and effective change. And this is your brain on sports. Dr. Grant has led humani- humanitarian efforts post 9 11, Katrina and Sandy Hook Elementary shooting. He's also a playwright and a documentarian. So, welcome to the show, David. So happy to have you here. Thank you, Laurieann. It's my absolute pleasure to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! So, first of all, this is uh, Brain Spotting that you can get that book on Amazon, right? Absolutely. And also, uh, this is your brain on sports. I love that one. We can talk more about that in a minute, but uh, that also can be found on Amazon. Uh, just look for Dr. David Grand, and his books will all come up. So, let's just go back to the beginning. How did you discover brain spotting, and what is brain spotting? Well, I had been a therapist for over 20 years when I discovered brain spotting, and I was trained in many different modalities, and I had experience with many different modalities. And uh, I was using a very slow eye movement therapy with a client. She was a championship ice skater who was blocked on this one jump, a triple loop. I was going very slowly across her field of vision as she was just imagining herself getting stuck in the middle of this jump. And I got right past her nose and her eye went into this intense wobble. And then it froze, it locked up. And it felt like a hand grabbed my wrist, held it in place. And she was just looking at my fingers like this and watching a video for 10 minutes, trauma after trauma after trauma, new traumas came up, processed through, you know, falls on the skates, injuries, problems at home with her parents and parents divorce, all this stuff. And then other traumas that we had worked through completely, at least I thought, came up again and processed through to a deeper level. This is 10 minutes, and after 10 minutes, it was like her eye just relaxed, and that was that. We finished up. She called me the next morning from the from the practice rink and said, David, David, I just did a triple loop without any problem. I did it again and again and again. She never had a problem with it again. So I started looking for these reflexes in the eyes and anytime I saw them, I stopped there and I said, just keep going. And it looked like it was more precise and that it went deeper and deeper into the system. Some clients even said, I feel it all the way in the back of my head. That's that's how physiological it is and how deep it is. Wow, that's amazing. Now, when you say videos, you mean her mental videos, right? Yeah, she was just she was watching it happen right on my fingers. Yeah. What caused all of that to just come rushing in? Is It's almost like you opened a door. Right. Right. Well, we call it a brain spot, okay, or a relevant eye position. 
Uh, I have to just do a quick education about the eyes and the brain. Yes. Okay. The eyes are a part of the brain. They're not separate from the brain. Okay. In utero, the eyes literally grow out of the brain. The retina and the optic nerves are all made up of neurons, brain cells, so that we not only see things, we process them at the same time as we see them. So the eyes are totally wired into everything else in, in the brain. So there was something about there are certain eye positions that have that just give us direct access down through the retina and the optic nerve into wherever the unprocessed traumas are held in the brain. And once you find them, and we have many ways of finding them in brain spotting, the person's processing is so much more rapid and deep and effective. That I, I'm I'm flabbergasted. So so how does brain spotting use the visual field to heal trauma? Like how how do you get there? And then how does that heal that trauma? Is it the recognition? Is the awareness of the trauma? It's like aha, that's what's causing me to have this block now. Well, the way you're putting it is a little bit more conscious and cognitive than the process really is. Traumas are held deep in the brain, they're held in the body brain, where there's no conscious access, no conscious awareness, you know, no thinking about it changes those deep, deep traumas. What trauma is, is our incredibly vast, complex nervous system, and a traumatic event gets overwhelmed. And when it happens, it stops processing, and pieces of the traumatic event are left unprocessed, frozen, deep in the brain, we call it the subcortical brain. The only way trauma can heal is if you can directly access the unprocessed trauma deep in the brain. And uh, there's a lot of ways of doing it, but what I discovered with that ice skater and with thousands of people since is that the eye positions, we have three different ways of doing this, eye positions give access directly to the unprocessed trauma but once you find it, you hold you hold that eye position in place. You don't keep moving around, and and the tr the brain now knows where it is and knows what it is and goes to work on processing through, in the present, what it couldn't do at that time. So you actually see the eye movement and stop, or does the does the client say here or or some indicator of this is now? I can't imagine the, it would be the, the client. I would believe the, an be the answer to your two part question is yes. In other words, we do it both ways. Okay. I, I, I'm looking for reflexes now, not just in the eyes, but in the whole face, sometimes the body. Like if I get over here and a person's head snaps back, okay, or a person go over here and, and the person just does a deep cough, that's a cue to me that there's something there. Their reflexive system is cueing me in. But sometimes I'll go to a spot and a client will says, just stop there. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling my chest tighten up right at that spot. So sometimes the client will direct us. But there's a third way. And this, anybody and everybody can observe. Client comes in. I ask them what they want to work on. They start talking about it. And their eyes just jump up to a spot. And they keep looking at that spot when when they're talking about it. That's a cue that that eye position is helping them to access whatever they're talking about. Now, how does that differ from, see, I know when I'm thinking about things, I, I like tilt my head, I look up to the right, that's me like processing in my brain of, okay, how do I freeze this? How am I going to um, articulate this? How does that differ from what you're talking about? Or is it the same thing? It's exactly the same thing. Okay. Okay. But here's the thing, when you do it, you don't say, well, I'm going to look for the spot where I can get access to it. Oh, there it is. 
it's like you start thinking about it and you look up there you tilt your head that happens before you even realize it that's our our inner wisdom that just knows and guides us to do it and if we're smart we follow along yeah i notice i do it because i do a lot of videos so i was looking at the videos so i'm like why do i do that and it's every time i'm about to formulate a question like i just did i i go into that mode which in some um some circles i know when um uh, people look at people of whether or not they're telling the truth or lying or whatever. If you look a certain way or what have you, they associate that with the person not being truthful. Oh, and I they, find that interesting. Except for one thing that presupposes that everybody has the same visual map for honesty or dishonesty. And each person's visual map is different. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. So, so it's, it's synonymous. Um, we just may not be applying it appropriately. Well, it is something that is so valuable and powerful to observe and harness. And I like to say every psychotherapist in every office around the world should know this and should use this. And I'm trying to get the word out. I'm, I don't just want people to come for brain spotting trainings. I want the whole field, the healing field to know that this, you know, that this is a phenomenon that is remarkably effective in promoting healing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really great tool. I know I've gone through it myself and it's a it's a really um interesting process and you do you walk out and you're like, "Whoa, that was amazing. Can't figure out how it works, but so cool." And you know, after talking to me, I like to figure out how things work. And so uh, hence the questions that I'm asking. So, who comes to you? Who would benefit from brain spotting? I, basically anybody I would understand, but like when somebody's sitting there going, okay, I want to go to a therapist or I want to go to a therapist who has brain spot, who, who would, how would you speak to those people? I've been in the field over 40 years. When I work with people, my goal is not to do brain spotting. My goal is in every session from the be beginning of the session to the end of the session to help optimize their healing process. Okay. And, and brain spotting is not just a technique, it's, it's a way of understanding the human system at the same time. So if a therapist understands the human system in the way we do in brain spotting, they'll be better able to help you to heal than if they don't. Okay. But what, what I'm saying is, is that, and brain spotting is not a standalone therapy. It's integrative of, of many other therapies and it honors many other, other therapies. But who should see a brain spotting therapist? Well, if you have a, an active nervous system, and there are things that are impeding the nervous system that are affecting how you feel physically, how you feel emotionally, how you feel about yourself, what you're able to do, how you relate to others. Well, if the, you have that, brain spotting is for you. I mean, that pretty much encompasses everything that people, you know, have. Yeah. Uh, again, again, in developing brain spotting, I've developed it not just as a technical therapy, but as a relational therapy. So it's a relational therapy that is turboed by the technical aspects that we have. Most other th technical therapies do not embody the relational imperative in them the way we do in brain spotting. You know, so, and brain spotting is al also an open, intuitive, organic model. And if you do a, mi a, a, a microanalysis of many therapies, you'll see that that's not entirely the case. So explain that, an open, intuitive model. Explain that to the listeners. Okay. When I sit down with a client, I go in with a, I'm blank. I know that all my wisdom and training and, and, and experience, it's there, but that 
that I will only know who the client is and what's going on inside of them and what happens by sitting with them and totally receiving them in a total open way. And whatever they say or do or whatever happens and how they go into natural processing, I'm going to just follow it where, wherever that goes. Okay. I'm not going to try to diagnose them and hang a, a diagnosis that says disorder on them. I'm not going to take a, a random history that may not relate to who they are, or where they're coming from. Right. I'm not going to even have a treatment plan except to show up, be attuned, present, empathic, and provide them with a witness who can hold the frame with them. Okay. And then follow them wherever they go. That's what I mean by intuitive and organic. Yeah. 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 I like it because you don't pigeonhole them. You don't put them in a box and say, okay, here's your label. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. It's you go through the process with them holistically. So you're in the room with them as they're processing, correct? And how you're in the room with them supports their processing in a way that they wouldn't be able to do by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I know some people who have had uh, challenges with getting on airplanes. They have fear of getting on airplanes. They went through this process. Now they don't have to, you know, take Valium and drink on the plane and try to knock themselves out so that they don't actually have the experience and they enjoy flying now. Um, I know uh, there, there have been people who uh, had a fear of driving, learning how to drive, and they were just fearful of doing that. And now they are driving because they went through this process and they had a discovery. Is it discovering what your blocks are or is it just breaking those blocks? And I talk in blocks because that's how I talk as a coach. Mm -hmm. Would you call yeah. it a block? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't not call it a block, but uh, brain spotting is a developmental model. And we look at everything that affects us now and gets in our way now, blocks, as coming from our developmental experiences starting before we had language starting when we were in the attachment period you know just totally reliant on caretakers to to take care of us uh so a fear of flying is a fear of a fear of driving is a fear of what is fear of that's the system feeling like it is being threatened yeah. with injury or destruction you know which is primitive you know so although it constitutes a block we look at what's underneath the block and what what has created the block in yeah. order you know so when you get under and up the system heals a lot better than when you try to get at it from the top down yeah it's it's uh, similar to singing when you're trying to hit a high note you go up and over it to to get it you don't go you don't reach up to it cuz that'll be a re that'll be a different muscular reaction than if you reach above it and come down on it. So it's a, it's an interesting phenomenon. It works every single time. So it sounds very similar as far as that goes. So what emotional conditions can brain spotting help heal? Human suffering, human inhibition, human struggles with how we feel about ourselves, human difficulty in relating to others, especially those who are closest to us. Being able to believe in ourselves, you know, being able to actualize ourselves. It's, it's full spectrum stuff. It's, it's, it's all in, in the context of what human beings experience, you know, but we also look towards human possibility and human capacity. So we're not just looking for people to heal. We're looking for people to go into what we call expansion, which is opening up the possibility of who, who we can be and what we can be and how we can feel and what we can do. 
Yeah. So, so I really truly believe deeply that all of our success codes are right inside us when we're, we're born. We come in here, we have all of our success codes. We actually have everything that we need here. And through life experiences, that's where those fears come in play because children are fearless. I'm sure you've heard the expression, you know, oh my God. They just don't, they, they're just fearless. You know, my, my kids used to be tanks. They would go through, up, over, around, jump off of anything and everything until a certain age. And then suddenly this fear came into their system. Um, and, uh, it, it like hit almost the same time with both of my boys. But my question is, is, environmentally like what's going on what can we do as a society to kind of reduce this from happening or is it just part of our growth uh, processing to get back in here because we're taught to go external for validation instead of going internal and mm -hmm. from me i want everyone to go back internal and see the greatness that we can see externally like i can see the greatness someone has i see what their purpose is that's kind of my empathic um gift, if you will. And um, just having them go inside helps them process a different way, as opposed to as soon as they allow external feedback coming in um, that they're not ready for, it it jaunts them and they're, they just don't take the steps they need to take. And they get that hesitation that you're talking about that you're, you're trying to help heal, well, if that makes it, sense to you. Yeah, it, but it's very much part of the Western culture you know we are what we can do you know and and what we can do as an individual not part of a collective or a community other places around the world they have different kind of problems where they don't have these kind of kind of problems uh, but going back to to children uh children need to be uh our, our children are not guided and protected enough you know mm. um and uh it, it's not you know no matter what we say it's not to a great extent what we do you know and what what needs to be nurtured the most in in children they're being able to tap into their essential selfhood even from a, a one-year-old point of view you know and to me it's very much related to the their intuitive abilities and their creative process if we look at how education is done it's done much more in terms of uh, of task completion task repetition as opposed to exploring yeah you know? Yeah, it's it's a box. It's a system. And it systematically tries to put everybody in that same box. You know, we're taught to stand in a line, yeah. um, walk together, sit in the same seat, all those re repetitive tasks. Um, and it takes the uniqueness, the Y-O-U uniqueness out of it for the children. Now, when a kid is sitting in a classroom and they're going over rote stuff and they're having them go over dry facts to memorize them and you see a kid who's looking outside of the window, okay? They don't have ADD, okay? They're not avoiding this thing. They're looking out into the world. Yeah. You know, they're they're open and they're seeking and they're, you know, intuiting and all of these things. But we misinterpret that as having a learning problem because they can't grind it out when when their their mind is is exploring and expanding. Yeah, yeah, I love that creative element that you're in. And I know when I'm in my creative element, I need to stay in that juiciness, you know, as soon as like something comes in and takes me out, I lose some of where I was going. And it was a really good journey. 
So you want to stay in that creative element. That's when I lose track of time. And it's like, oh my gosh, where'd the time go? That's when I'm in definitely in my zone, in my creative zone. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Healthy Lifestyle on JVC Broadcasting. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with, with David Graham. to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. And if you'd like to be a guest or lift up your business product or non-for-profit, or if you have a question or comment, we would love to hear from you. Email us at healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. That's healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. We answer every question and we'd love to have you as a guest. Now, we're talking to the great, amazing David Grand, um, and you could definitely visit him at brainspotting.com if you want to ask more questions or get more information about brain spotting. I want to welcome back David to the show. And uh, we were just speaking about, you know, you're in that zone. Um, you're loving what you're doing. You lose all track of time. That, that to me, is when you're in your zone of genius. Um, how can we do that and keep our children in that zone of genius? And so we're not just modeling them to be these like little repetitious, everybody's the same and keep our uniqueness in each one of our little people. Because I know between the ages of two and 12 is uh, statistically where those blocks that we have as adults come into play. It's happening right in that, that, that age period, not because the people who are raising us or teaching us or anything like that, our surroundings, not because it's being done with malintention. It's just, it just happens, right? So how do we, how do we help our children and create a better environment, especially with Western culture? Well, I'll start off with a brain description of, of the phenomena that you're, you're talking about, the zone, um, flow states, I call it expansion. We go deep into our brain, right where the brain goes in, into the upper spinal column. You know, it's it's the brain stem, which goes up higher in the brain and, and down to the in, into the, the spine. Is also called the autonomic nervous system. Okay, which in simple terms means it's the part of us that knows what to do and how to do everything all at the same time. Okay, it mediates every body function our circulation, our respiration, our digestion, our body temperature, hormonal release, movement, ev everything, sleep, wakefulness, it's all in the autonomic nervous system, which is our true genius, okay? But in that space, there's no language, there's no time, there's just being and, and knowing, okay? So when we go into those flow states or we go into the zone, you know, when we're in a really, real creative process, we have dropped down into that space. But you can't do it intentionally unless you're like a Tibetan monk or a yogi who spends 12 hours a day meditating. Okay. These are the ones who can sit in the snow just in a loincloth because they can control their, their, their body temperature and all these things. But that, other than that, you can't, you can't do it. Okay. But first of all, you need to know that she is there, okay? And then you need to know that she doesn't give on command, okay? She gives when she chooses to give. And when she does, if you are open and if you receive it and you appreciate it, 
she likes it and she'll give you more. Okay. But if she gives you these intuitive gifts and so on, and you just think, oh, that's really interesting, and then forget about it, it flies away, she's not going to give you so much. Or if she gives you something and then it, and it's like, what's that? And you just brush it off. You know, it's like a generous, loving child who just gives and gives and loves to give. But when it isn't received, it's, it's it stops stops giving. Sure. You know? So, um, uh, and and to put it in a brain spotting context, when you go into the zone, okay, if your eyes happen to be open, notice where they're looking, because that eye position is the portal into the zone. You want to keep looking at that. That's going to help you to stay there. But instead of trying to do something with it, be curious about it, be open to it follow it wherever it goes trust it don't don't put expectations on it and then it will just continue to deliver to you oh that's so interesting i love that um i'm gonna have to try that myself because there are there are times i know where the positioning is for me so now i have to kind of go with that curiosity and i love can, that can, can, can i do a 15 second exercise with you right now Sure, it'd be difficult for our our listeners to to. Well, you can you can describe you can describe yep. it afterwards. Okay, I want you to remember the last time or a really powerful time you just were, went into that creative space that just happened to you. Mm -hmm. See where your eyes just went. Mm -hmm. Let your eyes go back there. Just just remember it again, and everybody can, who's listening can do this too. And when you open your eyes, just watch where they go and keep looking there. Okay. Just got a whole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I just want you to notice that eye position, because wherever you go, it's in the same it's the same angle. That gives you direct access to to this part of yourself. Uh, that's amazing because I just got uh, reminded about three things that I need to take care of. So let me just write that list down. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, that that's so amazing. How is brain spotting different than talk therapy? Help, help us understand. What's the difference between walking or traveling in a uh, spaceship? You know, True. Um, talk talk therapy comes from the thinking human, you know, neocortical brain. Okay, which has all the capacity to analyze and reflect and and speak and think and so on, but other than that, it doesn't have that much capacity to do that much. Mm -hmm. Okay, so <coughs> talking is physiological. I just coughed. I mean, you know, uh, and when we speak, it's it's a physiological process, and it all comes from our deep brain and from our bodies, and then ultimately comes out like this. And when we listen to the spoken word it goes into our ears and it and it vibrates our our eardrums and then gets translated all these things uh there's not a hell of a lot of thinking that goes into that but we don't recognize that also when i speak to you by the time the vibrations have gotten to your ears and they're starting to go in and you're starting to process it i'm already ahead of you in a different place okay you can't keep up with it in that way on a deeper basis. But the wisdom is not in the words. The wisdom is in what we feel in our bodies. Okay? And there's and and there's no words that can give give accurate voice to what we're to the wisdom of our bodies. You know? That's what meditation is about, is just, you know, listening and seeing what comes up. So talking is related to thinking. 
and it's related to higher order function in the brain. And it's not related to our deeper selves. And it's not related to where we're holding the wounds in our deeper selves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've always found for me, talk therapy was not providing answers because it was too cerebral. Like, and, I, it could be manipulated. Yeah. But but also the answers, you talked about this earlier on, the answers are, are already there. Okay. So how does talk therapy provide answers when the or answers are already there? You're already starting off not recognizing that the inner wisdom has the ultimate answers inside and it's how you go through a process to invite it to come out and then receive it when it comes out. Yeah, that, that goes back to requiring external validation um, because that's the external validation when you tell somebody else something and they echo back, yes, that's it, you're right, you know, go down this path, whatever. Um, and it depends. There are different ways to do th talk therapy. And now, listen, I know some some people absolutely um, enjoy the process of talk therapy. Um, I have a propensity to have talk therapy with my bartender is so good. <laughs> <laughs> it gives great advice. No, I'm only joking. Um, yeah, it's I don't mean to minimize it. But I, I would understand that that encompassed with other modalities like brain spotting would be very effective because now well, we're working a lot of areas of our brain at the same time correct well we in brain spotting we talk more in the beginning of the session to sort of set things up then we go into the we find the eye position we go into the processing and then towards the end of the session then we talk to reflect on w what happened during this during the session so there's a time and a place for talking but it's not during the middle when a person's deep in processing yeah yeah and and how many brain spotting experts are there or therapists are there in the world right now uh over thirty thousand. wow in e in every country and every in and in, in every continent and we have 130 trainers around the world every weekend there's at least three or four trainings going on and most of them are not going on in english they're going on in indonesian and spanish and Serbian and et cetera, et cetera. That's so when you discovered brain spotting, what happened? Like what was what was your reaction? Like because I love it when when you you come up with those aha moments. So what was that like for you? Well, with the ice skater, I experienced something happen in front of me I had never experienced before. Okay. And it happened in a particular way I had never seen before. So my sense was, is this a breakthrough? Is this something bigger and beyond what I have known and what others have known? And a part of me was afraid to uh, to risk that thought, but deep down inside, I knew it was, you know. But I was afraid of coming out and so on. So I started to try it out with other people, but I tried it out with other therapists without telling them what it was, and I started to get this feedback. So over the course of the next, and started the therapist started to try it out with their clients. So over the course of about a month, I had so much feedback that I knew that it was a breakthrough. But I was kind of awestruck by it, and I was a little humbled by it as well. Yeah, it's such a gift. I, interesting languaging. I'm going to come back to some of the language you just used. You said deep down inside. We were talking about all our success codes being inside. Deep down inside, you knew this was something. Um, and I love that you went with it because you could have easily brushed it aside like you were talking before is that we don't take these um, whispers and nudges as as I refer to them um, 
from universe saying, this is something, pay attention. I'm giving you that gift. So you were talking about her before giving you the mm -hmm. gifts is that that that's what sat in front of you. That must have just blown your socks off. And I would have been I like, I'm excited at the thought of that happening. Yeah, you know, uh, but the awestruck nature of it, instead of making me feel big and great, made me feel small and humble. Humble, yeah. You know, it's like, and why is this being delivered to me? And, you know, how do I bring this out into the world? And, you know, all of these kind of things. Well, I want to tell you, I want to tell you a fast story because it, yeah. it, it goes along with this. When we'd find these eye positions, I would hold my finger in place. Okay. And you could do that for a minute, three, maybe five minutes. But after 20 minutes, you're like, you know, you're just in pain and it's very hard to. And cramp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was, I was wondering how. What, what can I use to, to do this? Now, my father, who had, who had passed on, was a, uh, a teacher and a lecturer. And uh, I was in my mother's house, and I was looking through his desk, just kind of looking through some drawers. And I saw a pointer, because he used to use the pointer when he would teach, and he'd teach with a blackboard and things like yeah, that. my dad, too. Yeah. And I said, this is it. And I went into the office, and I used the pointer. I found the spot. And it was so much more easy and comfortable to hold it in place. Okay. And now every brain spotting therapist around the world, when they do brain spotting, use pointers. But there too, in terms of what gets delivered and how it gets delivered and the generational aspect to it, that, that was another real moment for me. Yeah. Th those, th that's how it um, expands. So yeah. as, as the therapy is expanding and you're diving deeper, um, how has it been from the beginning of learning about this to today? Has anything morphed even more? So you found that one thing to help the therapist uh, really be more comfortable while they were doing it and able to deliver the whole 20 minutes, hour, however long you're doing it. How has this morphed? Well, the hallmark of brain spotting is that it is evolutionary and that it is always changing and always evolving just through me and through others, you know, who are doing brain spotting and, and what they discover and how they bring it back to me. So every year, if somebody comes back to a brain spotting training who took it a year before, you can say, wait a second, you know, I didn't, that wasn't there in the training a year ago. It is constantly evolving. Yeah. Okay. Uh, three years ago, I was struggling with the fact that all the psychological and diagnostic terms and and, this, and and so on didn't match what was happening with the clients in front of me. And I knew it didn't match with all the other therapists who were doing brain spotting ar around the world. So I said, so I have to come up with a different model that explains in an organized way what's happening. Yeah. And it, and it came to me, uh, uh, it's, it just popped into my head, neuro-experiential, that it comes from the neuro- and it comes up towards the experiential. So I started to build the neuro-experiential model, which is based not on what's in the books, not based on looking at the human system top down and not looking at the human system as dysfunctional, but looking at the human system from the deepest places and seeing how what we experience arises within us. And when it comes to conscious awareness, it comes through as in the sensory way. Most of how we interact with, with our outer and inner environments is sensory, the five senses and the sixth sense of, of intuition. And so if you go back four years ago in brain spotting, there was no neuro-experiential model. 
Right. I unveiled it three years ago at, at our international conference. And the neuroexperiential model now is very different than it was three years ago. It's different than it was a year ago. Sure, sure. And, and in a year, it's going to be a completely different model. Everything is always changing. So if you stay in the same spot as everything's moving forward, in effect, you're moving backward. Sure. Okay. Um, most psychotherapy models, once they get developed, they're kind of fixed. And that's that. And, you know, brain spotting is the antithesis of that by design and by spirit. And so, so brilliant because um, we need to navigate as it's given to us. And so that navigation brings us to where it's supposed to be. I, I, you know, when I speak to clients, I, I want to know where do you want to end up? Where do you want to go? What's your goal right now? And I say, okay, now that you said it out loud, I want you to release it because it may and will likely 99% of the time, it looks different by the time you get there. Because as you go through the journey and the travel, it changes, it morphs, it, it evolves to something greater if you allow it. So when we get so tight on holding on to what it looks like, um, it really doesn't change because you've you've restricted it from growing into what it's supposed to grow into. And I love that you have the sense to allow it to breathe because you are allowing this, the brain spotting to breathe its its natural function to be able to evolve. So yeah. that's, that's, that's an interesting thing because most science-based in uh people and in industries they don't allow it to breathe and that's one of the things well, that's restrictive since everything is moving and changing and breathing that's not that's not a science base that's actually out of out of sync with what science is i'm going to tell you one more thing that's completely you'll you've never heard before the goal in the evolution of brain spotting is for it to no longer need to exist yes the goal is for brain spotting to inspire others to make breakthroughs like I made 20 years ago so that those breakthroughs are a quantum leap beyond brain spotting, just like brain spotting was a quantum leap beyond what, what was there. Because uh, not only is everything always changing, nothing is permanent. So, so we recognize that brain spotting is in a trajectory that will lead towards whatever comes next that is beyond brain spotting. Yes, we're elevating and vibrating higher together as a as a unit. So I, I love this. How can someone, if they're interested, get trained in brain spotting? You go to uh, brainspotting.com and, and, or even just Google uh, brain spotting trainings. The basic training is phase one training. That's where you have to start. It's not just for therapists. At least 25% of the people we train in the United States are coaches, you know, and we train people in other healing modalities because brain spotting is much more than a psychotherapy. But just put Google brain spotting trainings and it'll take you there and look to see. Most of our trainings are now online, you know, uh, post COVID. So you can take a training with somebody in California without having to have the expense of uh, uh, airfare and hotel and so on. Uh, so that's, that's how you can uh, get trained. How long does it take to get trained? Uh, the phase one training is three days. And then after you do some brain spotting, you can come back for phase two. Uh, that's another three days. Um, I don't teach phase one or phase two anymore. I just teach the advanced trainings. We call it a master class, phase three and phase four. But also we have a, a 
consultation program where once you've taken phase one and phase two, you can you you have one-on-one consultation. We used to call it supervision with a con- consultant who's an expert in brain spotting. So the it's built in that you can continue to learn and and go on throughout your brain spotting career. Amazing. David Grand, you are amazing. Love to have you back to talk more about this um, in 2024. Wishing you the best, best uh, beginning of 2024 into 2024. David Grand, go to brainspotting.com if you have any interest in this, want to learn about it, want to experience it. I, I think you should really experience it. I, I will say that as a coach, it is definitely a modality that's necessary in your toolbox. And the more things we have in our toolbox, the better we can serve the people we're are supposed to serve. Thank you all for joining us today on Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I hope we have earned the privilege of your time. I want to thank our guest today, David Grand. You are so inspirational. Thank you for everything that you do. And thank you so much for being so inspiring. Uh, Look for our show next Saturday until three. Uh, We can be found on all major platforms and we would be grateful if you please like follow, share, and subscribe. Until next time, I am Coach Lorianne Casdia. Play a higher role, serve a higher purpose, show up for you, and show up big. Thank you, David. Thank you, Lorianne. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.